welcome to Learn It From A Layman. I'm Carl Christensen, and I am back again with uh, Tim, like the fungus between my toes. Back with a vengeance. More fun, less Gus. That's what I would say. What do you have against Gus? I I actually have a friend named Gus, and he's really nice. So, you know, is he, but is he fun? He, I, I'm not Gus, so I'm less Gus. See? <laughs> fun, Tim? <laughs> that that I am. Ask my students. No. <laughs> I won't. Hey, speaking of fungus, mushrooms are really underrated, you know? Just saying. <laughs> that does seem very uh, apropos, of, given our topic today. We will be handling uh, gardening. So we'll uh, do a little bit of garden, like kind of gardening 101, let's say. Um, so in this case, I'll be playing the role of absolute layman. And Tim will be playing the role of uh, slightly less layman, but certainly no professional. That's actually really probably pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. So if you saw uh, my garden, you would be like, yeah, not professional. <laughs> oh, I have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so uh, I've got it kind of broken down here into some of the questions. So. My parents gardened when I was a child. I've tried a couple times. My wife is not uh, particularly gung-ho about the whole gardening uh, experience. So, What does she have, have against it? Uh, I think it's the amount of input for the relatively meager output. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And that probably more is a critique on my gardening skills than anything else. Um, but yeah, she just, I don't think her parents gardened growing up, and so she doesn't have the nostalgic feelings for gardening that I do. And, uh, but yeah, she's just not much of a gardener. And so my, my pitiful attempts have uh, been mine and mine alone, which uh, uh, have reaped a very meager reward. But, but yeah, we'll. Oh, uh, and- and I will admit to having felt, you know, feelings like that before, you know, and I like labored and labored and broke my back to, you know, grow potatoes, for example. And I get these, you know, little marble sized potatoes. And then I think I could just go to the dang grocery store and buy a huge sack full of these for like two bucks, you know, yes. especially around Thanksgiving. It's like, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that. I, I will concede. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think. I would like to blame some of that on, and you can do so as well on the area in which we live. Um, well, and that is one of the one of the tricks to gardening is understanding your climate and your your zone, and yeah. Be, because yeah, you can have actually wild success with with some things, um, and right. and limited, very limited success with others. Right. So that starts okay. So I've got it kind of broken down into five um, five areas. Uh, the, uh, of gardening that um, I wanted to just discuss. So the first one is, of course, preparation. So garden preparation. And that uh, starts with, like you were just saying, what plants do I grow? Um, mm-hmm. And I will confess myself entirely unclear on this. I know there's a lot of data, a lot of, a lot of information online. Uh, I haven't really made use of that. Um, and having lived in Illinois as a child, where the ground is black and fertile and it rains every day, uh, you know, it wasn't really a question of what do I grow, it's which what do I want to grow. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, whereas in Southern California, where I live now, it is very much what can I grow. So what what insights can you give us, Tim? So uh, first of all, finding good sources, um, it, the easiest thing to do is to find someone in your neighborhood or, or your community who is an avid gardener and just ask them. Because so, for example, with myself, I've spent years, you know, coaxing plants out of the, you know, the mineral laden hard-baked soil of Arizona. And I have a real, well, a much better feel now than I did, say, five years ago for what I can grow and grow well and what I can't. So that's your easiest thing. If you don't have any connections or anyone who has done any gardening in your area, you can, again, online, you mentioned um, probably one of the best things to do if you can find a state um, like agriculture college. A lot of universities will have like a um, an ag branch, um, you know, college of agriculture or whatever. And a lot of times they'll, so for example, here in Arizona, ASU actually puts out a, they created a calendar. So I just, you know, downloaded it onto my phone. It's just like three pages of a PDF document. And it just has a schedule of when to plant what plants. And, um, you know, I, I tried just doing it randomly on my own and, you know, I could just never get things to grow because you just, they'll sprout and then they'll shrivel up in the heat or they won't thrive because it's not warm enough or whatever. So, um, you can find stuff like that. You just, you know, maybe even just search, you know, your area, you could say, you know, Southern California, um, seed planting schedule or, or gardening calendar or something like that. And you probably pull up stuff and, and get a real good idea of when to plant stuff. And they're not set in stone, you know, a lot of times. I would hope not because they don't grow in stone. Yeah, that's right. They're set in soil, you fool. <laughs> but know, but anyways, that, that can save you from a lot of the, the frustration of, you know, why did my plant not grow? Um, yeah. And, okay, okay. anyways, so there's there's that answer probably. That's good enough. Yeah, so that I think that answers the first two questions I had, which is both what plants to grow and when to grow them. And I, I get from the basic research I did Googling this right before the podcast that we just started that uh, obviously different plants you plant at different times depending on where you live. Um, yes. So And and some sometimes plants will require different um, kind of a treatment. For example, some stuff you just throw it out there and it sprouts. A lot of your leafy greens are like that. Um, I planted, you know, I've got a few varieties of lettuce in my garden. I don't have to plant them anymore. I just, you know, let a few go to seed and the seeds just scatter. And then the next year I'm, I'm pulling them up like weeds and I just put them where I want them to grow. And there you go. Um, others like garlic, um, and this is actually true of a lot of, um, or well, I don't, I can't say a lot, but some plants that uh, originate in a temperate climate, they won't sprout unless you cool them first. So I remember trying to grow some garlic and it just wouldn't come up. And then I read somewhere, oh, you've got to like put them in the fridge for a week. And you do that and then you plant them and they just pop right up. Um, it, what you're doing is you're mimicking the the natural you know weather uh, season cycle that garlic is used to growing in. And it it, it is programmed to wait for until the cold season is over and then sprout once it gets warm. So anyways, just you'll discover little things like that. Um, tomato seeds, um, 
a lot of times if you get them in the bag, they're treated or whatever, but um, they they have to have the acidity of the the tomato fruit, the flesh, to help break down the seeds. So the best way to plant a tomato, if you're, you know, unless you're doing it from a seed packet, is to just take a slice of tomato and just bury it in the dirt and water it, you know. Huh. Um, so, so anyways, different things, different... Um, yeah tricks right and and all this stuff you can just look up online i'm sure right and so that kind of goes to the the next uh, question and still under the preparation um heading for me is is kind of fertilizer how to prep the soil what needs to be done um and that in that area so i know and for once again my limited attempt uh, you generally need you know not uh you know loose soil obviously can't be hard packed so you need to do some type of you know um tilling Tilling. yeah and once again depending on where you live uh might need some type of fertilizer but i do from what once again i've heard more than uh different seeds different plants need different types of nutrients yes and and what one of the things that you can so I'm gonna give you kind of the I mean real hardcore gardeners will will compost they'll um, you know they'll bring in new soil they'll swap out old soil and that kind of stuff and, and there's a lot you can do I'm gonna assume that like most of us uh, our listeners are pretty busy and maybe aren't really ready to like you know spend hours uh, every weekend you know manicuring their garden and and soil and stuff one of the one of the best tricks is just crop rotation you know don't don't plant the same stuff in the same area every year um you'll get a smaller yield year after year um some plants are are good for renewing well i don't know if i'd call it renewing but for example legumes a lot of them will will add i believe nitrogen if i'm remembering right back to the soil so you know, so as you, for the layman, once again, to translate, legume is a bean. <laughs> beans, peas, um, yeah, garbanzo beans, uh, all of that stuff. Right. Um, peanuts. Um, People grow peanuts. Yeah, it's uh, actually peanuts originated in in the Americas, and um, they're super cool. I didn't realize this, but the the peanut pod actually it grows on the plant, but then the plant kind of leans over and puts pushes the pod into the ground and it grows into the ground. So huh. it's kind of cool. It, it um, like I always thought that yeah, I knew peanuts grew underground, but I always figured like the plant was producing it underground. But no, it starts above ground and then like kind of I don't know, it gets dives in or something. Interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that that'll take us through the prep part at least. Um, Oh, and if you try to compost, watch out because bugs, bugs, bugs. We're going to get to bugs. Oh, okay, cool. We're going to get to bugs. Okay, so now, um, because we have to get to bugs, it's been a theme that we had at the beginning of our podcast that we haven't returned to recently, and we need to to bring that back. Um, Because nothing says a huge audience like discussing uh, insects. Yeah. Okay, so yes, exactly. Uh, Planting. So now, obviously, the actual, uh, and you've already talked a little bit about this, but some of the questions uh, are like, okay, I know when I'm planting, certain seeds have to be at a certain depth, a certain distance away from other plants. Uh, How many do I plant? How many seeds do I plant in a particular area? 
Um, and what do you grow next to where? You know, like if you have corn somewhere and you don't want to, it's tall, maybe you don't grow something that needs a lot of sun. I don't know, something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, so, okay, so, well, since you brought up corn, okay. Don't grow corn unless you got a big patch that you're going to you're going to grow. I mean, you know, rows and rows because corn, um, it pollinates by wind, as far as I understand. And basically what happens if you only grow like you say, oh, I'm just going to plant a few corn plants. Well, you'll have a couple of nice, pretty, you know, little corn plants popping up. But when they ear, when the ears come out, you're you're going to have very little few kernels on them. Um because they just didn't pollinate. There wasn't enough corn around to pollinate. Um, so you need to have lots of rows of corn for it to really pollinate. So so don't try to do that unless you want to grow a lot of corn. I, I've tried a few times just to try to get as much as I could in my small yard, and I could never plant enough to really make it happen. So that's corn for you. Corn's tricky. Um, but yeah, so, okay. I, a, a lot of this stuff you'll you can just find out on the seed packet, you know, the planting depth and stuff. Right. Um, so here here's one thing. Just oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say what one thing that and and this isn't given as much on the seed packet. You know, like I said, the, uh, usually depth, distance, and amount of seeds is on the on the seed packet. But um, what to grow next to where? Like uh, what to grow next to what? sometimes um is a bit more tricky like obviously your vine plants you need to have more room for but uh -huh. um you know I, I don't know what sucks what nutrients right so if i have carrots next to like peppers is that a bad <laughs> idea you know that that's probably out of my depth i'm i'm sure there are things to consider with that i wouldn't really know them i do know you got some traditional things like you know the the native american you plant your corn your beans and your squash and the corn grows up and the bean grows up the corn and then the squash grows out and it's kind of all together and that worked really well. So you could do stuff like that. I honestly, I really don't worry too much about that just because I've got, I mean, in Arizona, our, our water quality is so rough that you, you, the soil starts to just, you can see like the salts, like kind of like a bath ring around the edge of your garden. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not really worried about what plants taking what, cause I know I've got limited time anyways. Um, some of that stuff you could probably look up and there's things like, you know, they say plant marigolds around your garden and because, you know, they apparently tend to, you know, drive bugs away or whatever. Um, you can do general rules of thumb like, you know, you plant a, a vining plant and then you plant a, a tall growing plant. So maybe you plant a tomato with a with a trellis for it to grow up. And then next to that, you plant some pumpkins or squash or uh or cantaloupe or watermelon you know things that'll vine out sweet potatoes would be another one i i planted um tomatoes and sweet potatoes together and they did just fine um so yeah um, okay anyways you know, one one other trick as far as planting that i'll just throw this out there it's i think way underused people like go and they buy seed packets and whatnot 
Um, we, I had a pumpkin last year and like, we actually cooked up a lot of it, ate it as soup or whatnot, but some of it just, we didn't eat it in time. It went bad. So I just took it all and just threw the goop out in my garden, just kind of spread around different spots. And then months later, you know, or uh, probably a couple months later, uh, when it was the right time for the pumpkin to start growing, they just all started sprouting. I had to pull a bunch out <laughs> and, um, you know, but, and it's called volunteers. And so you'll have that, especially if you let stuff go to seed, um, where it'll just, it'll just grow on its own and it knows when to grow. If it can grow in that climate, then it'll just sprout when it's ready. And Bob's your uncle, you know, now I've got big old pumpkin vine growing out, out back. So it's kind of cool. Um, you can actually go to, when you go to the grocery or I used to, my wife would have to kind of rein me in because I'd be like, ooh, I'm going to take this and plant in my garden. You can plant <laughs> anything. I've got green onions that I just planted from um, from the grocery store, just grabbed a few, popped them in the garden, and they've been growing for years now. They've put off seeds and made new green onions, some peppers, um, yeah. lots of kinds of fruit. And uh, anyways, you can even take cuttings of like broccoli, like the broccoli stem, um, Put it in a bowl of water and then just keep switching out the water. Keep it fresh. And a lot of times it'll it'll put out leaves and start to even grow, put down roots. You can do that with carrot tops, um, pineapple tops. Uh, I had a pineapple plant I was growing for a few years. And probably, did you actually get pineapples from it? Um, I did not, but Arizona is uh-huh. tough for pineapple. Um, I know people in other climates, including California, have actually grown pineapple from a pineapple top. That's uh-huh. actually how they do them. They just chop the tops and plant them, and uh, and you get a new genetically identical plant. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like so, the, so, uh, the, the, the plants of nature's version of the liver. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> exactly. And and uh, the thing that's fun about that is it, it's something you can do with kids. You can say, "Hey, let's take this carrot top and put it in water and see if it'll see if it'll um, um, you know grow." And I mean, if you leave enough on, a lot of times it'll put out roots and and grow. Let's take these tomato or these potato eyes and and plant them and grow right. a tomato plant and right. or, or potato plant. Just just stuff like that. If you plan to transfer it outside, make sure you are paying attention to a planting calendar. It'll tell you when to transplant and when not, because you know sometimes of the year it's you're just gonna your timing will be off and just your plant will die when you when you move it. Right. Yeah. So I guess also um, uh, as you were talking there, it reminded me that one of the things that at least for me is a consideration when when planting and and uh, is making sure I'm planting the types of food that I actually want to eat. Um, yeah. because of the garden, I mean, a garden is an amount of effort, right? And so if you're doing a large amount of effort for a vegetable that you then, when you, uh, harvest it are very uh, displeased with, yeah. even if you, even if you were successful, uh, your, your enjoyment of gardening will probably be pretty minimal. Um, <laughs> well, and, and let me just offer a, another perspective on that. Um, I've, I've found that gardening, um, as I've found plants that would actually grow and stuff, it's actually helped me to kind of find new things to to eat that I would never have picked up on otherwise. I'll give one example, okra. I got some okra seeds randomly. I don't even know where I got them from. So I planted them. At first, I didn't even know what it was that was growing. I forgot that I had planted it. 
And so I'm like, this is clearly one of my garden plants and it's growing this pod thing. And <laughs> I didn't realize what it was. And until I like, I was, Oh, I finally figured out it was okra. And so then I started harvesting them. I mean, I'd never eaten okra before. I think I'd maybe had fried okra at a, like a, you know, golden corral or hometown buffet, like once or twice, just kind of like, hmm, what's this? But I had a bumper crop of okra and I was like, well, I better start eating these things. And I started to enjoy it. Like, oh, it's cool. And it's not like okra is my favorite thing now or anything, but you know, I just, I learned to enjoy it. Part of it was just the joy of growing something I could eat. And, um, you know, I just pick, pick a couple, take them as part of my lunch. And, um, you know, I had my, my father-in-law had a bumper crop of beets and nothing to do with them. I'd hated beets before. I thought they'd taste like dirt, but then I was like, Oh, it's cool. Pull these out of the ground and let me prepare them up. And I, I like beets now. Like you can, you can learn to enjoy what you, you grow. You're right. I do think that I guess I'm trying to appeal to someone, let's say like my wife who generally <laughs> has a, an aversion to gardening. But if you know, you can say, Hey, look, you really like, uh, peppers. Let's grow some peppers. Uh, you know, her interest might be significant more, uh, significantly higher than if I said, let's grow some okra. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe I'm sure once you write, once, once, you know, get into a, a full gardening swing, you're just happy growing something and then making use of it. But, uh, for those that are just, uh, wetting their appetite on, uh, the gardening bug. Yeah. And, and, and maybe, maybe what you do with that, especially if you're just getting into it, find, yeah, find things that you can use, um, a, a couple, I'll make a couple of recommendations just for people out there trying. If you live in a sunny climate, um, sweet potatoes, they, they grow like crazy. If you can give them lots of sun and keep them well watered, um, and I, I remember like having to kind of pull back on my sweet potatoes because I have AstroTurf and they were like growing under and getting all over the place. But yeah, I had a bumper crop of sweet potatoes and you can, if you grow things like that, most people, I think sweet potatoes are pretty mild. So you can, you know, that's something that most people would be like, oh yeah, I'll eat some sweet potatoes if you find the right recipe. All right. Um, another thing, herbs. Um, growing er an herb garden is a great way to, cause if nothing else, they smell good. Sometimes I'll put off pretty flowers. Um, you get some mint, some basil, some sage. Uh, the other thing is they can be pretty easy. A lot of times you can just take a cutting of, uh, you know, so for example, I take a cutting of basil plant, um, peel off the bottom leaves, pop it in some water, let it, you know, sit for a, a few days and it'll start to put down roots and then you can just plant that. Um, you can do that with a lot of herbs, mint, um, anyways, so those can be relatively easy to grow. Again, pay attention to a gardening calendar, but maybe you, you pot those and put them inside in your kitchen, just in the windowsill. And, and then, yeah, you're cooking something, just pop off a few leaves and throw them in your soup. Um, so things like that can be, um, can be doable. I lost you when you said pot. So <laughs> what are you growing there? Tim? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, be careful if you grow stuff with heat lamps inside because the police may take huh. an interest. Well, it <laughs> depends on which state you're in. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> OK, so um, let's move on. we got three other topics to hit. So also let's, let's... grow garlic. Garlic's one of my favorites. It's hearty. It's cool. And everyone likes garlic. And if they don't, then they need to check themselves before they, <laughs> you know, whatever. Anyways. Okay. 
um, maintenance. So this is this is where I think the rubber meets the road for a lot of people. The idea of planting plants and doing you know is, is great, but then you realize that it takes them months to grow and that you actually have to do some work to grow them. And so the weeding, the watering, and then yeah, the debugging of the plants. Uh, I think often is the type of uh, grunt work that people are averse to. Um, what kind of advice can you give, Tim? Uh, first, don't give up when you kill something or you, you have a bad experience with a plant. I've had number, numerous plants where my first and even second, I don't know, third tries were just abysmal failures. Lettuce, um, uh, broccoli. Uh, tomatoes just where I didn't get it right and then eventually I did my first broccoli plant gave me little bits of broccoli and then it got like destroyed by bugs and I was like this stinks but now I've got a broccoli plant that I've been growing in my backyard for a few years now and it it's starting to put off some pretty hefty you know broccoli crowns and it's just going strong so so keep keep plugging with it um, also another tip try different parts of your yard you may have a part of your yard that gets too much sun for a plant or not enough and it doesn't thrive there, but then you plant it on the opposite side and boom, it goes crazy. It's in the right spot. So um, things like that will make the upkeep easier because the plant's in the right spot and all you got to do is just keep it watered. Um, so so what, one tip I'll give you, just find a good watering setup that makes it easier. If you just have one hose back there and you're just running around every day, spending half an hour watering all your plants, that's going to be exhausting. I've got a, um, like a valve splicer. It, it's like, it's, um, it's four valves, um, that goes onto your hose spigot in your backyard. And then each one of those you can attach a hose to. So I can run four hoses at once in my garden. And so, and obviously they're not going to all be at full like water power, but you can get a good flow out of each. And so I just turn that on and have my hoses, you know, splayed to my different areas. I'll just go out back, turn that on and just let them soak, you know, soak for 15, 20 minutes. Um, I do have to do some moving around to get stuff in pots and like little mini planters and stuff, but that's not heavy lifting. And then I just turn it off and I'm done. Um, Knowing you and your tendencies, have you ever left the water running, Tim? I don't want to talk about it, Carl. Um, <laughs> and uh, we've got the house repaired now, and it's just fine. <laughs> no, I, I have, actually. I, I remember I've done it at least twice where, like, I come home and, oh, dang, it's, you know, and yeah. oops, yeah. everything yeah. got a good watering. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. So that would be an argument for some type of automatic system if you uh, if you can – foot the yeah, bill for that sure and and there you know the thing is now they've got stuff where yeah you can have like a watering system with an app and you can get them relatively cheap and if you're willing to put in a little bit of time to set them up then yeah you can have a real nice system i know my sister has one that yeah she can just do it from her phone and yeah i'm getting oh let me give this one a few extra minutes because it, it's looking a bit dry and yeah yeah, I've heard, uh, this is something I was discussing with my boss at work, saying that there are these uh, yeah, these automatic watering things that actually check the uh, the weather report as well. And so they will they will uh, delay themselves if it's supposed to rain that day. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah. So, That's cool. Yeah, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and, so, oh, and one thing in favor of labor, if you've got kids anywhere from five years old to, you know, to 
20 or whatever, um, a lot of times in modern and industrialized societies, our kids are kind of pushed to the side in, um, in agri- agricultural cultures. Kids are useful. You know, they're needed. They, they have to help out with the growing or the planting or, or things around the house, the crafting. Um, and that helps them to be bought in, to be integrated into society. Um, but in modern industrialized society, kids, you know, they they don't really have they don't aren't breadwinners. They don't do the shopping, um, generally don't do a lot of important stuff like driving well, or laundry. Yours might not win bread, Tim. But <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Your 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 celebrity children. Yeah, that's right. Um, but gardening is a great way to give them uh, work, you know, something that they can actually do. It's not complex. It's valuable. It's meaningful. And it's a great way to get kids involved. So, you know, d- before you jump the gun, if you got kids, jump the gun and get some fancy watering system. Consider that maybe having a little bit of labor to do around the house might be just the thing that your kids need to, one, to learn how to work and to learn the value of work. Um, two, to see their work pay off. There's nothing cooler than a plant seeds and then, you know, weeks later see it grow and then months later see it fruit. Um, that's a cool feeling. And yeah, it doesn't give you as much as buying five bucks worth of potatoes at the grocery store, but it's such a cool feeling to see something that you planted and nurtured grow. And um, so, and, and yeah, then they, they feel like they're contributing because they are. And, Anyways, so just something gardening could be a way to bring your family together and help your family, help your kids, you know, let them each plant their own thing and give them each their own plot or their own plant or ask them, what, what would you want to grow in the garden? And then go for it. Make it a little project. Um, anyways, there you go. Okay. So there's a lot about, we obviously that it's going to go for weeding as well. You know, just there's some, some grunt work involved, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, many hands make light work. Is that the, uh saying yeah um right. yeah anyway but the, then there's of course also bugs and so there, i know that there are chemicals and uh, pesticides you can use there are more natural solutions i think you already mentioned like flowers you can plant around that can help uh-huh. um just an anecdotal uh, uh experience i had about the need to do this so th- when we lived up in utah here uh a decade ago, we had a cherry tree, um, oh, and oh. <laughs> I think you—I I think you were there for this, weren't you, Tim? Um, this is a bad memory. Yeah. So the cherry tree fruits all by itself. You know, no, I mean it's a fully mature cherry tree. You don't have to do anything from year to year, and that's one of the nice things about fruit trees is that so not a lot of willies. <laughs> you don't have to do a lot of work to do to get uh, once the, the the fruit trees are fully grown, they just fruit every year uh, without any extra work. So fruit trees are awesome. But anyway, so we didn't think we had to do anything at all. And so the first year we, we lived in the house, the cherry tree fruits we were out there picking cherries, buckets full of cherries, just crazy loads of cherries and bringing them in and we're eating them. We're giving them to friends and family. Mm-hmm. And then, treacherous i remember going to your house and yeah just eating cherries they were so good oh here had some more it turns out they had just a little bit of extra protein um i believe it was my mother actually that was eating one and and she looked because she knew the the uh 
the issue with cherries. And she looked inside. She's like, oh, these have worms. And turns out they all had worms because once you know these uh, flies land on and, and plant, they just do everywhere. It's all over the tree. And so, uh, yeah, they were worms in pretty much every single cherry that everyone had eaten. Now, and, and here's the thing. See, I'd always assume, you know, you, you look, if you see a piece of fruit with a hole in it, you're, you're like, oh, that's gross. A bug got into it. But here's right. the thing. The, these bugs, they plant their eggs on the, like on the, the flower, the, flower or the budding yeah. fruit, and then the fruit grows around it, and then yeah. the bug eats its way out. So if you see a hole in it, that's actually a sign that the bug is bug gone. There is no bug in that jar. But if there's no hole, then you're it's eating still the, in there. The, the worm. Ugh. Right. Yeah. So uh, we that taught us a, a great lesson that from then on, yeah, when it blossomed in the spring, that was the time that you had to spray with some pesticide to kill the worms before they uh, they got in. So now I, I don't know what the organic equivalent is of pesticide. Uh, I don't honestly care too much. Um, the, the organic worth- equivalent is you just enjoy the worm. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it's worth doing some uh, research into uh, to what's uh, healthy and not, but I do believe that pesticides um, mostly are not particularly harmful, at least not in the amounts that we get. Um, but that's from a layman. So if you have contravening evidence, leave comments in the uh, in our podcast <laughs> below. So. <laughs> And if you are the executive of a um, cherry pet tree spraying pesticide company, you can... Uh, you know, yeah. pay us to endorse you. That's right. Give us, uh, give us some of that sweet uh, fruit money. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, last thing. Okay. So now the harvest, right? So this is um, this is what you work for. Uh, but there, there's also the downside is, for, in a lot of cases at least, harvest comes simultaneously and a bit overwhelmingly. Um, and what you do with all of the fruit and vegetables and uh, you know, produce that you have is sometimes a bit unclear to people. Um, you know, if you have planted multiple, you know, uh, beans, rows of beans, and now all of a sudden you've got buckets of beans, uh, and you're a household of, let's say, four. You're not using buckets of beans, um, and so what? What, uh, what advice do you have for that, Tim? Well, beans are easy. Um, that that's actually a nice one. You just as the you let the pods dry out, and and once they dried, then then you you pick them off. You you can shell them, and and I mean, shoot, beans will keep a long time uh, dried up. So so that one's easy. And there are there are some plants that will just store longer. That's the nice thing about something like sweet potatoes. You know, I'd go out and just okay. I need need some sweet potatoes. I just go out, dig some up, and and wash them off, and you know, cook them up. Yeah, you maybe you can even keep those on the on the counter for quite a while, though not long, long while. But um, things like squash can can keep for quite a while. You know, pumpkins will keep for a long time. Um, other things, some fruits you can keep in the fridge. So you get your cantaloupe. I've I've honestly with um. Some of the stuff I've grown, like cantaloupe and whatever, watermelon, I've never managed to get enough to where I had them like rotting on the vine. Um, some things like okra, I had to kind of eat at a fast clip to, <laughs> you know, I just make sure I was eating a couple every day. And if, you, if you've if you got a couple people in your family, 
that are, you know, eating whatever given produce it is, then you'll get through it all right. And cherry tomatoes, you know, we, we were able to kind of eat through them. Um, but sometimes you can do other things to store them, canning, pickling, um, cooking them up. My dad, he would grow stuff and then he would kind of, he would like dice it up. Like he, he'd grow a salsa garden. And he'd kind of like take all of the sauce ingredients, he'd mince them up, and then he'd bag them and freeze them. Yep. And then throughout the year, he could just make salsa as he wanted, just pull pull it out of the freezer, um, stuff like that. Um, yep. Garlic can keep pretty well. Um, another thing you might do is if you have friends who garden, you can kind of plan ahead and say, all right, um, why don't you grow some tomatoes and we'll grow some squash, and then we can do a little swap when we um, – you know, when we get there, That's oh, here's another thing you can do. Uh, did you know that once you empty all the pickles out of a jar of pickles, that juice is still, you know, still pretty strong in there. You can put stuff in there and pickle it. So grow, I, um, last year grew, uh, actually had a bunch of cucumbers and I kind of had this problem with them where I was getting a lot of cucumbers. So, um, I, I pickled some, I just, and I'm no good. I've never tried actually pickling from scratch, but I just took the old jar of pickles. Once we got emptied, I just sliced up my cucumber, popped it in there, closed it back up. You let it sit a couple of weeks and they're pickled. Um, it's kind of cool. Interesting. Um, I would imagine that someone that is actually pickled is now screaming and pulling their hair out at what you just said. Oh, but yeah, yeah uh, they're like, that's not how it works. But for, will, for a layman, I, I was going to say, cool. I appeal now again to the name of the podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, another another trick, and I'll just put this out there. Another trick, you can just make soup. Shoot, you just get some cream and butter. Um, I, so with my bumper crop of cucumbers, it was like, what on earth am I going to do with these? So I just, you know, cook up a, um, just boil up a couple potatoes, throw in my cucumbers, boil them up. Um, you put in cream, butter, cheese, and then you just some spices, just pop it all in a blender, can throw broccoli in there or spinach or something and make a real nice soup. It's not, it's not that hard to do. And, uh, you can do that with squash, um, do that with a whole bunch of stuff. If you got a yep. bumper crop of tomatoes, look up, you know, a nice tomato or vegetable soup and you'll find a good, good recipes. And, and that's a good way to, you know, make, you make a whole bunch, you share some with friends, you freeze some and save it for another meal. Right. Um, anyways. Yeah, I agree. Freezing is a good one. Uh, and, uh, one that we did, and I don't necessarily, uh, recommend this on a, you know, well, large scale because I think juicing, is an op, uh, option for some. For, so we had a grape vine uh, at our home in Utah as well. Again, we had a bunch of things, but we had a grape vine, and it would just produce copious amounts of, bra- of grapes. And I'm so, jealous. We can't grow grapes around here. Not not well. Yeah. So we had just crazy loads of grapes, and uh, we eat some of them, uh, but we ended up juicing an, uh, a lot of them. And while we're not wine drinkers, uh, you know, you juice it. You can freeze the juice. Um, and so, you know, yeah, there's lots of different options to, to make use of the, the fruit uh, or vegetable. Like I said freezing is a really good option because um, a lot of us have freezer space that we can use. So another fun thing you can do is practical jokes. You just kind of go around until you see someone who let their car unlocked and then you just dump in a bunch of like zucchini or something and uh, then run off. And so <laughs> let's see. Uh, yes, the uh, the infamous zucchini drop. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so last thing, and this we'll just write out on this one because it's pretty short. Um, just post-harvest. So then once you've got the plants up, you know, what do you do? Do you leave the, 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 the bean stalks up? Do you pull them down? Do you, uh, what, you know, is it best to leave the plants there for the winter? What, what's the, uh, what's the post-harvest strategy? Okay. So a, a lot of this will depend on the plant and the climate. Um, if you live in a, in a area that has a hard winter, you, you get frost and maybe snow, then most of your plants are going to, are going to die. Um, and you just have a new growing season. If you live in a, in a climate like mine in Arizona, um, you know, we oftentimes will have a winter where, where we hardly get hard frosts. Um, so what I will often do is I will leave my plants in the ground that they're supposed to be annual. Um, you know, the die off and you plant a new set next year. But, um, so I've had okra, broccoli, tomatoes, uh, carrots that have survived through the winter. No problem. Um, oh, uh, leafy greens too, Swiss chard. And, and then they, you start off the next growing season and they're already there and already ready to produce. In fact, some of my plants, including tomato and broccoli, um, they, they didn't produce for me much their first year. Um, I got a little bit, but then I left them in the ground. They didn't die, so I just kept watering them. And then the next season, they just went, just exploded, and I just got a whole bunch of of stuff off of them. So, um, and even stuff, carrots are are one thing that I've never grown successfully. I just get these tiny little pinky-sized carrots, you know. You get spoiled at the grocery store. They grow this stuff with, you know, um, with fertilizer and oftentimes genetically modified and they're huge, you know, and, and then you plant in your garden varieties and they're just not as big. But, um, I went out in my garden a couple weeks ago and I look over and my carrot plant had uh, sprouted a flower and it was, it's a good five feet tall. Um, and it's got this beautiful kind of queen Anne's lace style flower on it. And, um, you know, so it's, even though I'm not getting huge carrots out of it, um, I've got this beautiful, beautiful plant now that just cause I left it in there, I'm actually curious to see when I do dig it up since I've left it in for a couple of growing seasons, if it, um, if what size of carrot I've got down there, a lot of times, if you let a plant flower, the a root plant, then the weed will get the, the root will get woody like radishes, for example. Um, so you know, you kind of take and leave, but it's just part of the experiment for me. And just have the fun of just seeing what'll happen. So, um, cool. Okay. Anyways, that that's my kind of free range gardening. My garden is not, I don't have like furrows and stuff. I just have stuff that's kind of growing all, all together. It's not a, a regimented sure. road garden. So, well, uh, I'd say that, uh, per the name of the podcast, once again, and the content of this episode, <laughs> those that are still listening, are not people that uh, that are professional farmers, so they might uh, be right <laughs> up to, yeah, win any contests. Uh. Right. Uh, but awesome. Well, thanks, Tim. You uh, provided some insight here, and yeah. uh, I want to remind everyone that new gardeners learn by trowel and error. Indeed. The, so yeah, have some fun with it. Remember that gardening is, I, I've seen things where they say gardening is a way to, you know, helps fight dementia and stuff. And so as I get older, I want to keep gardening just, you know, when I can't do other things, I can still grow plants and that'll give me kind of something to do. And uh, in my old age, you know, 
but yeah, it's fun for any age, you know. So yeah, missed, go, go have some fun. You missed the joke, Tim. I, at least you didn't uh, respect it for all its glory. I respect not your joke. New new gardeners learn by trowel and error. Oh, did you say trowel? And, oh my I, goodness! I did. I absolutely <laughs> did. <laughs> trowel, Carl. I do respect that joke. Yeah. That's a quality pun. Or, or should I say, I can dig it. <laughs> oh, that's a great way to end. All right. Well, we will see everyone next week. And until then, go get your thumbs green or browner.